Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined as always by Will Schroeder, my friend and the founder and CEO of Startups.com. Will, we talk a lot about startup failure rates and you know how, how often they implode and what happens when when they do and you know that can be irrecoverable and all that. But like, what about the founders? Like we talk about the startup failure rate, but what's the pure founder failure rate? Like how many founders totally failed and then just ceased to exist? Because I think this is what we worry about at night, right? Like if my startup fails, I'm gone too. How often does that happen? It actually kind of happens never. I, but I think this is the part of the story that no one gets the epilogue to. Yeah. <laughs> he actually hears what happens after the startup flames out. As founders, because most of us are hopefully only going through this once, in our minds, this is how we play it out. This is what actually happens. The startup goes out of business. All of a sudden, the next thing we know, we wake up. We're sitting in some Starbucks as a barista for the rest of our life in some sort of indentured servitude, ruining the day that we, you know, once had our startup running. And just can't wait to go home and cry ourselves to sleep in the basement on our parents' couch, right? Yeah. <laughs> There's two sides of this. One side of it is this bullshit story that we create for ourselves, right? This nightmare scenario that's going to happen, which is so, so, so baseless. And we'll talk through all that today. The other side of it is this barren existence of ourselves of the future where again we're consigned to this fate we're scarlet letter of the startup world and we we cannot ever get past this and we'll talk about examples today that blow that out of the water that make it sound so silly that you actually believed that at one point but to be fair it's probably the first and only time you've ever been through this so good news it's mostly bullshit the stuff that's in your head is mostly bullshit, and here's why. And it's extremely limited, right? I had this conversation with a founder about two weeks ago, and they were they were so concerned that after winding down their startup, they were never going to be able to like go back into industry or get another job. And then we talked about the reason that their startup failed, and it was because they had a lot of trouble getting any visibility. And I was like, so a startup that nobody ever heard of failed and you're worried that that somehow the entire world knows about that part of it? Like Perfect. you think they know yeah, yeah. that you failed, but they had no idea that you existed. Like they don't know you failed either. No one is ever going to know unless you walk in to the job interview and be like, hey, uh, yeah, I'm Ryan. Uh, my startup failed. That's why I'm here. It's not really because I wanted this job, but uh, my company failed. Let me tell you about it. They'll have no idea, right? Like, so like, the, the, the spread and the impact of these things is so small. And yet we assume that it's like if Facebook goes out of business and Mark Zuckerberg shows up the next day, like, hey, uh, anybody have jobs for humans? <laughs> well, look at this. We think it's funny you mentioned Facebook in an era of social media. We as humans are just pounded by so many messages and updates throughout the day. We're just numb to them. So that big post, that mea culpa that you're going to post about how our startup didn't quite make it and you know we went down, et cetera, and the whole world is going to sit and grapple with that fact for so long, no one gives a shit, right? <laughs> that's that, that's going to be the worst part of this entire experience to realize how little people actually care. And I'm sure it's a relief because we're going to blow it up in our minds to be like the whole world is going to be on the edge of their seat as to what we did with our startup. No one cares. If that actually worked, I would suggest everybody just blow up their startup on day one so the whole world will know about it and then be like, just kidding. But now that you know we're here, come buy some of our shit, right? 
Yeah. Like, wow, when we post that on social media, when we mention at cocktail parties, you know, when we talk about it on our resume, it's just going to be this huge backlash. No one cares. Right. And I'm not saying that euphemistically either. Right. I don't, I'm not saying that like, ah, not a big deal. It's actually not a big deal. Here's why. Number one, we jumped into a super, super risky proposition that wasn't necessarily supposed to work to begin with. The fact that it didn't work, the only person that might have had this silly foregone conclusion that it was going to work was us. Everyone else was probably like, huh, that's kind of a long shot to begin with. Yeah. Surprised it took you this long to fail, right? Yeah. Your investors, they invest in things that don't work. You're just one of them. Right? This isn't like you're the first person to invent startup failure. But in our minds, how dare we? How dare we be the first person to puncture the veil of startup failure? It's like, guess what? You're one of a thousand people today. Sorry, beautiful snowflake. <laughs> You're right. not special. And that's You're a good part thing. of it. You're part case, of a snowball. Yeah. It's, it's, but you know, I think that as we go through these things, we, we talk about this a lot. We go through these things and we assume as founders that we're the only ones going through this until the minute we open our mouths and talk to other founders and we find out that everyone is going through the same thing. Right. And in this case, it's a shared experience. It's almost a shared non-experience. Right. It's a shared fear of what was about to happen as we shut down the startup or as it fails. And then it ends up being this like wink worth of time that just disappears. And then to your point, we're just boring people at cocktail parties with it. Right. Or maybe the next family reunion, it comes up like, how's the startup, Bob? Well, you know, it failed. Oh, cool. Try the pecan pie. Right? <laughs> like, nobody cares. Yeah. Think about the last time someone gave you a career life update where you just wrestled <laughs> with that response for weeks and months on end. That's exactly yeah. how much people care. Again, especially in an era where we're so overwhelmed with so much information. But let's take that a little bit further. As far as this perception that we have of what losing looks like, what losing it all looks like, here's generally how it goes when I ask a founder, you know, what happens? What's your nightmare scenario? It's something like this. Well, I've got to let go of everybody in the company. Terrible, of course, right? Awful, right? I've got to tell my investors. People believed in me for a long time, and, and now I have to disappoint all of them. You know, I'll be forever branded as the, the the one founder that didn't make it. It's like you forget that like ninety percent of their their investments won't make it. I'm going to be a laughing stock in my personal community, my professional community, et cetera. Everyone's going to talk about uh, it's, it's Will and Ryan, the cautionary tales of uh, of starting a company, right? Here's the part that we don't process. Then what? So we're like, okay, so you had the conversation with the investors. You had the conversation with your staff, all awful conversations that last way less long than you think it does. Then what? Well, well, then, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. No response. Yeah. Okay. Now let's take it further. They're like, well, you don't understand. I'm in financial straits, which happens. You know, it's usually part of the, the process. I'm going to have to go back to live with my parents. That's going to suck. I'm going to have to go get a job. That's going to suck. So did everybody that got a philosophy degree, right? They have the same problem, but they don't see it the same way. <laughs> and then what? What we keep blowing up in this monstrous scenario is that once we get past those seminal events that we're so hung up on, that we're losing all of the sleep over, nothing really happens after that. Nothing changes, for the, for the negative at least. Yeah, okay, play that out. So 
the negative stuff actually goes by pretty quickly, way faster than we think. You can't fire your whole staff over and over, right? As much as it sucks, you can only do it once, right? <laughs> hey, Ryan, uh, you've called me uh, four weeks in a row to let me know that I no longer work at the startup. I, I get it, man. I've actually moved on. I've got another job, and we're, I'm doing fine. But thanks for calling, bud. Uh, right, right. If you could keep it between like business hours from now on, that'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. So now that those things have been taken away from you, in a good way, those negative things, you talk to your investors, you shut down the company, you did all those things. By the way, it cost you weeks, not years. Now what? Well, you're going to wake up tomorrow and you don't have to do that shit anymore. It's done, right? You don't have to keep ripping the Band-Aid off. Right. And, and of course, there are some things to solve. Like you said, there may be there may have been some financial obligations. There may be, you know, now there's no incomes. we got to fix that. Yeah, there'll be things to do. Right. But they're not outright disasters and you're not trapped and it's not some purgatory that you're stuck in for time immemorial. Right. You just got some new shit to go do now. Also, you're 27. Yeah, right. You're right. 27. <laughs> and and these things are infinitely easier to solve than the startup that you set out very happily to create in the first place, knowing that that was nothing but an uphill climb. Right. Going and getting a job. It's not nearly the same process, right? You sort of show up, you talk about your skills, and you're eventually going to get placed with something, right? Building a startup company is completely uncertain. We weren't scared of that somehow, and yet the prospect of leading a normal life like 98% of the population does is somehow now the most terrifying thing ever. Now, as serial founders, we do understand that there is a component of terror to that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about the fact that we're now not running our own company. We're talking about the fact that we're trying to escape whatever these short-term pains are, and they're just not that complicated. They're not big solves. Said differently, every college kid faces the same challenge that you think you're about to have that you can't survive. Think about how much more prepared you are for this than they are. Well, think about this. If I rewind back in, into my long and storied career, I mentioned 27. At 27 years old, that was around the time, give or take, that the dot-com bust happened. And all of a sudden, our whole business imploded, and I had to let go of scores of people. It had never happened before. It was the end of my life. You know, I can't remember a single person I had to let go. Like, if, if I really struggle to think about it, right? And it was a lot of people, right? I can't remember a single person. And not because there was anything wrong with those people. They probably remember it, right? But in other words, it was a moment in my life that was so long ago that I barely even remember it happened. Now let's fast forward 10 more years ago. I'm 37 and I'm running five companies at the same time. And I told the whole story about when my heart stopped. I know I had to unwind myself out of all those companies because just shit was going so horrifically bad for me. Do you know I can't remember a single conversation I had with investors, with partners, with staff, I don't remember any of it. Right, and, and the, the important part of that is, it's because at the time, it seemed extremely consequential to you. It was inconsequential to the person on the other side of the conversation. If any one of your investors had started you know, throwing your Star Wars relics from behind your desk at your face, that would be memorable, right? You would remember that. If you know one of the employees shoved you into the broom closet and then put the mop handle in front of it so you couldn't get out for two days, you'd remember that shit. The reason you don't is that nothing happened, right? They were conversations, people absorbed the information and moved on about their days and went on about their lives, right? This is the point, right? I want to be clear. At the time, I didn't feel good about it. At the time, there's no version where I was like, oh, this won't be a problem. I'll just move along. How much pink paper do we have? I'm going to need a oh lot God, of it. Right. Like, <laughs> but 
every single time when those events happened, I had all the nightmares that all the people listening had leading into it. There was no version where I was cavalier about it whatsoever. I thought every single time it happened, it was end of days. This is it. My career is over. Never going to get past this one. And now I don't even remember it. With the moral to the story sort of there being, you know, at the time, it was the worst thing in the world. It's like when you break up with someone, right? And at the time, it's like, oh, it's the worst thing. My whole life is ending. And now you sort of kind of remember that person was in your life at some point. That's kind of how this goes. And I'm talking, I've been through nine companies over 30 years. It's not like I haven't been through this. I've been through both ends, both outcomes here numerous times. And I got to say, it sucked every time. There, there was never a time where I, even now, if things went horribly wrong, Ryan, with startups.com, neither of us would be like, ah, don't worry about it. You know, I'm good. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but to prove the point, mysteriously, here we are, right? Time and time again, no matter how many times we've been through this, we seem to be okay. And not because we've got some superpower, you know what I mean? You know, something that's really funny about everything we talk about here is that none of it is new. Everything you're dealing with right now has been done a thousand times before you, which means the answer already exists. You may just not know it, but that's okay. That's kind of what we're here to do. We talk about this stuff on the show, but we actually solve these problems all day long at groups.startups.com. So if any of this sounds familiar, stop guessing about what to do. Let us just give you the answers to the test and be done with it. No, we just, we, we stuck around. We said like, hey, look, we tried it. It didn't work or we tried it. It did work. And uh, we're going to keep moving either way. We keep coming back for it. And we don't have to either. That's the other thing. I, I know plenty of founders who have failed and tried again and succeeded. I know plenty of founders who have failed and tried again and failed and tried again and are probably on their third attempt and maybe third failure. I know other founders who have failed and decided to go on to do something else. I know founders who have succeeded and decided to go on and do something else. Literally sold a company for significant amounts of money and then went on to have a career doing something else because that's what they decided they wanted to do. I think that's the thing that we that we really rule out in all of our hysteria around this is that we still have a whole lot of freedom and choice the moment all this goes down, right? And you know, funny enough, kind of circling back to the point we were making earlier around how a lot of stress goes away the minute we wind down the startup. Like, yeah, you have those bad conversations with staff, you have the bad conversations with employees, partners, clients, whoever, and then it goes away. A friend of mine sold a company after having uh, wound one down, and he said, you know, it's really funny, but selling this company has been far more stressful. There was an earnout period, and he said the earnout He's like, that was living hell. He's like, failing the first startup is like, that was easy by comparison, right? So in this case, success was significantly more distressing than the failure, which I thought Pulling was Pulling the bandit off as slowly yes. as possible. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, we've got two types of losses. Like we said, we've got losses that stick and losses that go away. What's interesting is most of the losses that are in our mind that are keeping us up at night, if we're dealing with this right now, Play this out. These are the things that you're so worried about. Again, tell my investors, tell my customers, tell them the world. But none of those losses stick around. Once you've pulled the Band-Aid off, they're gone. You're done. Then the losses that stick. You're like, well, I've got a reputational loss. It's never what, nearly what you think it is. Back to nobody cares. You're like, I've got a financial loss. Man, I had, you know, I had some home equity I ripped through. I had some savings I ripped through. I can't replace those. Not immediately, but it doesn't mean you'll never be able to do it. Unless you're 90 years old and you've got minutes to live, you got a minute to put that back. In which case, you don't need to worry about it anyways, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
it's so dark. And so, but what I'm saying is in every case, we think that the losses that are momentary are the, the biggest ones we're going to take. What we don't calculate is that they're momentary. It's a moment that will be a chapter, like I just described, that I actually can't even remember. It's entirely forgettable, right? <laughs> back, to your, back to your dating analogy, you break up with somebody. How many years later do you remember what their favorite restaurant was or their pizza or anything? And things that were important at the time that then just become details of the past that just don't matter anymore. It's the same shit, right? Like you, we go through these things. There are so few permanent losses, things that really, really stick around. It, kind of the only one that I can think of is that startup idea itself. And, and even then, that's not always true, right? And maybe for you, but how many times have we seen people try and fail at startup companies, multiple different founders that we know, and then somebody else comes along and nails it, right? And just gets it right. So even the ideas themselves don't permanently lose their value or space in the world. And, and founders certainly don't, right? We don't go anywhere. Here's the one thing, though, that we don't factor in when we talk about losing everything. There's a couple things that we will lose and we will not miss. We're about to lose all of that stress that we've been thinking about night after night after night after night. Because again, once we pull that Band-Aid off and once you know we've let go of staff, we've shut down the company, et cetera, we don't have to think about that anymore. You pop that balloon once and then it's done. Absolutely. And of course, we're going to be thinking, oh, well, you know, I'm going to be wrestling with that forever. Not really. Every day that you wake up, you'll just start to forget about it like anything else in life. And then you'll grow numb to it. And then eventually you'll be telling it like a story now where Ryan and I can barely remember it. 100%. Would actually stick with that for a second. So it, it's funny, but some of, my, some of my favorite failures have become anecdotes that I use when talking to other founders. And so they're no longer a negative piece of my narrative, right? There's something that I can use to help other people. Right, which feels fantastic. And so in most cases, when I'm sharing a failure, it's not with my head hung low and you know, the stick over my shoulder with my worldly possessions inside of it because that's all I've managed to accomplish since that failure. It's I'm now enlightening somebody and saying, hey, like keep an eye out for this sign or hey, like you may want to consider this or here's what happened to me and here's be a cool way to avoid that. And it feels fantastic and they appreciate it. So even that isn't a net loss. Well, let me build on that. At the end of the day, what you get is a clean slate. That is what the part nobody factors in. You get a clean slate to do whatever the hell you want. Now, here's what clean slate looks like in so many different ways, so many form factors. One form factor, clean slate means I get to wake up tomorrow and spend my time and attention doing literally anything else, right? Anything else that doesn't involve stressing about this startup. I can go <laughs> donate my time to charity. I can go <laughs> meditate all day. I can go get another job that actually pays me. You name it. The point is, I now have 24 hours to do something totally productive. Whereas for the last few months, years, it's been nothing but negative in, in life sucking. Number two, I have the ability to point my cannons now in any direction that I want. Now, maybe that direction right now is to go get a job. And maybe that, that's not the first thing I wanted to do, but maybe it's what I need to do right now. Number three, it takes five to 10 years to create anything meaningful. In other words, maybe you're 37, maybe you're 47. It actually doesn't matter. I'm just giving you, you know, kind of milestones. Maybe I'm 37. Let's, let's stick with that. Maybe. With any five to 10 year period of your life, you can create your entire world. You can create everything that's ever mattered. And, and I'll give you an example. And Ryan, you know, I've talked about this. 
I would say click back twice on the on your podcast app and you're going to hear us talk about this. Yeah, yeah. Elon Musk, before he became the world's richest man, 10 years prior was filing for bankruptcy. Now, just to be clear, he went from bankruptcy to being the world's richest man, okay? Now, he's an outsized example at, at, for a lot of different reasons, but he also went bankrupt. Let's be clear. He was outsized. He wasn't bankrupt before that. He already had the exit with PayPal and one before that, Zip2 or something like that. So he had a bunch yeah, of money. Yeah, so we're, we're not talking about an inconsequential bankruptcy, right? It wasn't like, you know, I was, you know, dropped out of college, had a couple of weird jobs, you know, got some credit card debt, had to declare bankruptcy. No, like sold massive companies, made millions and millions and millions of dollars, then went bankrupt. Yeah, then went bankrupt. C correct, right? After having success. And is now, you know, beaming the internet to my house through space from his richest man in the world chair. I stick with that to say, and I think people misunderstand this. It's really important to understand this. Five to 10 years, any five to 10 year period of your entire career can define your entire legacy. So again, if you're 37 years old, like, ah, I had my shot, you know, now I'm consigned to work for the bowels of some bank. No, you're not, right? Maybe for a couple of years you are, and maybe that's probably the best thing for you. By the way, hello, benefits and a paycheck. <laughs> right. <laughs> that would be yeah. nice for a minute, right? Yeah. Dinners. Those are fun. Yeah, exactly. The other side of it is if you honestly believe that that was your shot, then you don't deserve another shot. If you honestly believe that that's as good as you can ever be, you don't deserve another shot. Well, you shouldn't take another one, right? If that was as good as it was ever going to get, like, yeah, don't. Please don't. Because, like, there, there's reasons then that you're going to hold yourself back with the next one, right? If that's what you truly believe, then. Go do something else, right? There's plenty of things to do in the world that aren't being a founder. In fact, most of the things in the world aren't being a founder. Also running yourself into the ground. Yeah. But when I talk to founders who've like had a hit, more often than not, they've had a few misses before that. The problem is we always think that the one we're working on now must be the only one. In the same way, we think every relationship we're in must be the only one. This person I'm dating in high school, if this doesn't work out, I'm screwed. I've got 90 years of just isolation, right? Yeah, just me and some Lionel Richie albums. <laughs> That's so specific. Yes, some Lionel Richie albums. Which song specifically? I'm not going to reveal that on a podcast. I wanted you to I sing like it. To I, 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 some okay. things private. I actually couldn't name a Lionel Richie song. If, <laughs> we're digging into life. that later. Anyway, so we, we, we get to this point where we're so silly to believe that it, the only time that we could possibly possibly have gotten everything right is this very moment in time i'm 27 and if i haven't figured out in this year i guess the next 60 to 70 years of my existence are just me staring at a wall waiting waiting to die how silly is that but let's say you say me <laughs> let's say it together <laughs> that's so much worse that's so much worse yeah so to your point right this stuff is all temporary, right? There's there's nothing there's nothing lasting about any of these woods. We blow all this shit out of proportion and we forget the clean slate aspect of it, right? This is so, so important. Like that we get to start over. And it, it's not like I, I think that people also misconstrue that piece of it. They get that. But they feel like starting over, starting from zero is a bad thing. You're also not starting from zero. We talked about this once before very briefly. But you've compounded some stuff now. Hopefully you learned some shit along the way. You spent time on the planet. You accumulated network. You accumulated skills. You accumulated 
who knows what else? Maybe some money, you know, maybe not. But you're not starting from zero, right? We're not sending you back to birth. It's like, okay, now here's a spoon and here's how it goes in your face. You're okay, right? You've got a running head start on the person you were when you started that company. I think that's what we also forget. You're no longer the same person. You're further ahead in some ways, and you can take that clean slate and do something amazing with it, right? But that's not how we feel when it happens. Right. Imagine this, when Ellie, uh, our, our COO, when Ellie and I had started Afford It, which was the uh, the previous version of what is today is a firm or afterpay, different companies, but same friggin' idea, except we had it way before they did, right? If that was our only shot on goal, if that was all we ever knew, if we said, okay, I think I was like 32 maybe when we started that. If I was like, man, I'm 32 years old. I raised money from some really well-known investors. We went after it and we blew it. We had to shut the company down. Now, if that was my only, only, only shot on goal as being a startup, here's what I would have thought. If I was going to do it, that would have been it. I'm in the prime of my career. There's no way going forward because I'm going to have family, kids, and all these responsibilities. I'll never be able to do something again. Now, freeze that thought for a moment. Except that five years prior to that, I was running a $650 million company, right? So clearly, I could do it. I didn't do it this time. Ten years later, not even, five years later, we start startups.com which wound up being wildly successful. So if all I took was that singular moment in the middle of my career, as it would happen, and I said, if it didn't work this time, then I've got nothing, then I would have totally overlooked the fact that, wait a minute, what if I had started something earlier? Or what if I go on to start something again? The point is, this one is just one shot on goal. This isn't the shot on goal. And when we get a clean slate, we get another shot on goal. That's what makes it interesting to me. Again, if Elliot and I had just given up and said, okay, afford it was our shot, I guess that's not it. Let's go get crappy jobs and, and kind of rue the day for time immemorial, as you said it, right? Then yes, that's how it ends. But all of a sudden, we wake up the next day and we're like, well, damn, we don't have to worry about that anymore. Let's go build something else. Go build something else. Hey, think of it this way. What if you'd been successful? You'd still be selling Xboxes on payments. Yeah, right. yeah. Actually, I really hated that business, if I'm being honest. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, man. Like, we, we wouldn't be doing this podcast right yeah, now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'd just be playing an Xbox. I agree. So here's what I would say. When we think about how big of a loss can we possibly sustain, there's a couple things we absolutely have to take off the table. Number one, all the big things we're worried about, our, our loss of reputation or our loss of staff, you know, loss of the company, et cetera, they're awful, but they go away. Second, we have many, 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 many shots on goal in life to go build something amazing, and maybe this wasn't our shot. And that's okay. Go build another. And the third one, the last one that I think is the most important, we have a clean slate. Like you said, Ryan, with all of those things that we've learned, we have a clean slate to build whatever the hell we want, either maybe another great startup or no startup at all. But once this is done, we'll always recover because we've got all the time in the world to make it exactly what we want it to be this time. So in addition to all the stuff related to founder groups, you've also got full access to everything on startups.com. That includes all of our education tracks, which will be funding, customer acquisition, even how to manage your monthly financers. There's so much stuff in there. All of our software, including BizPlan for putting together detailed business plans and financials, LaunchRock for attracting early customers, and of course, Fundable for attracting investment capital. When you log into the startups.com site, you'll find all of these resources available.